0: Here and welcome to a very special edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Where today, I don't have any guests, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to use all of my viewers who have sent me some really unbelievably nice comments and questions in some cases. I'm going to answer some questions and kind of share with you some thoughts from some of our viewers who have been tuning into and appreciating what we're doing here at Let's Be Blunt. And I appreciate you for letting me know, so thank you so much. And let me get started. I want to start with uh, sharing one from a physician, as a matter of fact, he's part of the Physicians Cannabis Centers, And we got this about a month ago. This is from Marzia Rivera. And he commented and said, thank you for providing us with such essential information. I look forward to watching. I began my journey into cannabis almost two years ago with my father's diagnosis of Alzheimer's, then my mother's second bout with breast cancer. My days are filled with researching valid information on cannabis for their specific conditions. Thank you again. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and watching. I know you probably enjoyed a lot of the podcasts that we've done recently and shared with you with other physicians who have really been digging deep and finding out, doing the research that needs to be done, trying to make sure they can provide the information to you so that it makes it easier for you to navigate this daunting space. You know, there's a lot of information out there, some of which is valuable, some of which I will tell you is pure garbage. Um, you know, there's a lot of people making claims to what cannabis can do when they don't even have any research whatsoever to back it up. But there's a lot of claims for what cannabis can do where now we know anecdotally, having looked at now thousands of patients and people who are responding and talking about what it's done for them, just their ability to share the information and the changes that have happened in their lives, I think is is just a wonderful thing. And that's what we're trying to do here. And let's be blunt with my talk. Got another one here. This is from uh, Bobby Stavanis, and this came in about a month ago. He's the owner and host of what's called 419 You got a minute? It. I just wanted to say that I'm extremely excited to you, excited to find your podcast, Mr. Williams. Thank you. You have chosen to take the initiative to create your podcast to educate the public on the usefulness of medical marijuana. I'm a prostate cancer level 10 survivor, Diagnosed one year ago, April first, 2019. Yes, and I thought you got to be kidding me, right? Well, wrong. To my doctor's astonishment, I refused all chemo and radiation therapies he suggested uh, belligerently, and he began treating himself with CBD oil. And his PSA numbers uh, just kept dropping. Happy to say, now after one year of treatment, my PSA level is now down to 0.02, nearly undetected. He says, Mark Twain said it best. The two most important days in a person's life are the day that a person is born and the day that a person finds out why. Well, I think he thinks that part of finding out why for him was being able to share with you, the public, the fact that cannabis has worked for him. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is what science would call an n of one. We are not right here today, and I'm not here today, saying to you that Cannabis and CBD can cure prostate cancer. That's not the point. I'm sharing with you an anecdote from Mr. Bobby Savanas, who said that for him, he has watched his PSA numbers drop since he started using cannabis, CBD oil specifically. Um, I think anybody who listens to this information ought to make sure that they talk to their doctor first and make sure you do some research yourself. But one of the things about cannabis there is, There are volumes of peer-reviewed, published documents out there right now on the Internet that you can go up to and read yourself, study yourself, and hear anecdotal stories like this for a myriad of illnesses. The research hasn't caught up yet, and part of that's been because of the stupidity of our own government over the last 100 years in blocking our ability to research something that they knew would be a competitor to pharmaceuticals. So they stopped the research so that we couldn't find out the truth. And I think now, finally, there are organizations around the world, not just in the United States, but all over the world, that are researching as hard as they can to see if they can prove or disprove some of these anecdotes that you keep hearing about. Now, part of the reason why I think so many people and so many scientists believe that, cannabis works is because we recognize the fact that plant-based cannabinoids actually stimulate or antagonize our own endogenous endogenous which means our own internal endocannabinoid system and a lot of people out there don't recognize and don't understand and you haven't heard a couple of our podcasts where we've really outlined uh, uh, detailed this at, at great length but You were born with something, and all mammals are born with something. It's called an endocannabinoid system. Inside your body, had you never in your entire life touched cannabis, if you haven't touched it now, we could test you and find endocannabinoids in your body. Those endocannabinoids, two of them, one of them is called um, 2-AG, and the other one is called anandamide. These are chemicals that your body creates, in what we are calling, and for lack of better terms, I'm going to use it this way, we call a secondary sympathetic nervous system, a system of nerve connections in your body, in your peripheral organs, and in your brain that are there for one reason and one reason only, and that is to receive cannabinoids, endocannabinoids specifically, and anandamide is one of those. Now, there's been research done in the last 15 to 20 years that's proven that anandamide deficiency in some people could be some of the reasons for some of their underlying symptoms for various illnesses. Some people say that most of autoimmune disease is really triggered by a deficiency in our endocannabinoid system. And our endocannabinoid system is in our bodies for one reason, one reason only, and that is to help promote and produce cellular homeostasis. Now, what do I mean by that? That means keeping the cells functioning at their optimum ability. Either, you know, like the, like the Goldilocks story, it's not either not too hot, not too cold, but just right. So when we consume plant-based cannabis and ingest those cannabinoids, those cannabinoids seem to stimulate the cannabinoids that we produce ourselves. We produce, again, anandamide, 2-AG, and there's probably, over the next five or 10 years, we're going to find, you know, probably another 10 to 20 of them that we actually produce. We just haven't gotten there yet. There's a lot of research being done right now trying to determine the true reasons why we as mammals, all mammals, dolphins have it, mammals have it, period, why we have this system but the system clearly is there, it's genetic, it's been part of who we have been since we were little rodents running around on the savannah, and is necessary for our overall wellness. So when you look at and think about cannabis, and you think about the last 100 years of mankind, since we basically banned its use and its research, since so 1937, limiting the, the amount that people are consuming. And before 1937, I might add that, you know, the majority of people in this country and in the world consumed on a regular basis, hemp seed and hemp seed for protein, because hemp's, the hemp seed is probably one of the most protein-laden seeds on the planet. Well, we consume this on a regular basis, keeping our, endocannabinoid system fine-tuned and functioning at its optimal position then in 1937 we banned hemp and we banned cannabis people started vilifying and stopped using and then we started to see the rise in so many illnesses especially autoimmune diseases and it wasn't just the fact that we our diagnostic techniques improved but I think we started seeing the rise in this in our society. And I, like so many other scientists, I'm not a scientist, I like scientists out there, believe very strongly that, you know, if we were to reintroduce cannabis into our lifestyle and do so the right way, we might see a reduction. might see, I said might, don't jump up and down and scream and holler and be stupid. I said, we see, a reduction in the amount of autoimmune disease and some of the other diseases afflicting us and our species. That's me saying it. And even looking at some of the studies that were done back in 1999, uh, commissioned by the Clinton administration, you know, there were studies done that actually peer review reported neuroprotection qualities in cannabis that we're not seeing in any other medications. That neural protection and that protection is something that I think we need on a regular basis and could be, again, part of the reason why we find ourselves in the situation that we are in where there's a rise in so many different types of afflictions and science can't explain it. If we were to re- refine that endocannabinoid system, I think we might see some changes in the overall health and well-being of human beings. I believe that very strongly. Let's get another one here. Um, here's a good one, um, okay. Lonnie Weiss commented, I love the education specifically the journaling. As a psychologist, a cannabis consultant, education is a foundation of my practice. The role of mindfulness and journaling is essential to gaining instant, gaining insight and progressing towards change. In my experience, there's a great deal of viability in knowledge of the dispensary staff, but the problem goes deeper. You know, I'm sorry, in my experience, there's a great deal of variability in the knowledge of dispensary staff but the problem is deeper. And I got to agree with you with that, without a doubt. There are many recommending physicians that only possess minimal knowledge of the endocannabinoid system and the cannabis plant beyond the few hour courses required to start recommending patients for medical cannabis. I don't have the ability to give medical marijuana cards to patients as I am not a medical doctor. However, I have sought out hundreds of hours of clinical training and research and continue to build my knowledge base in working with plant-based medicine. Consumers must also be given education about the endocannabinoid system and learn to take responsibility until the mainstream medical community catches up. Until the training institutions for our clinicians integrate the endocannabinoid system in their curriculums, we must all seek out this education and share it with others as well as we can. And that's what I'm trying to do with Let's Be Blunt: is to make sure that I share with you as much information as I have and as much information as I can call together to get to you to help you navigate this space. I agree some with Lonnie Weiss that, you know, I'm disappointed sometimes when I go to, you know, a dispensary or a a legal dispensary in some of the states where cannabis is legal, and some of them can't even explain to you what the endocannabinoid system is. Some of those bud tenders and people that are working there in the shop have no knowledge of what it is that they're trying to sell, but they're promoting a product based on the fact that they may have been friends with the guy who brought the last pound and a half by to put under their shelf. And that should not be how we promote product. We promote products based on efficacious understanding of its use. And so I'm hoping that, you know, as this industry comes out of this COVID distraction, I want this industry to get back to, educating, 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 just like, you know, location, location, location is the most important thing in real estate. Education, education, education should be the most important thing when it comes to cannabis and marketing of sales of, or dispensing of. And so, you know, I'm trying my best to see if I can continue to educate as well as I can and bring you the articles that I read and give you the information out there, help you make a good decision for yourself and your family how about another one well now you know i did get a lot of them from people who were asking questions about ms and so here let me let me get this one this was from elizabeth Maley foster and um it feels impossible to cope with the change with the changes in our lives being away from family during the scary stages of my grandmother's dementia while she's being isolated in her nursing home has been awful what's kept me going is that the entire world is going through this together and i had to tell you that's though it doesn't sound like advice but that is sound advice you are not alone and I think that's the one thing that we really focus on and really, really, really try our best to focus on right now. Um, you know, a lot of us are sitting at home. I am one of them also. You know, I go through, you know, moments of and minutes of, and I, I got to say minutes of. I'm glad that it's not lasting long on that. But I go through minutes where I get depressed and get overwhelmed by just the breath of what's been happening. I mean, the fact that, you know, I gotta worry about I can't I can't go out and shoot the show that I've been shooting and you know income is tight and you know bills need to get paid and you know of course we're worrying but I also have to remember I'm not the only person that's worrying this way. And I don't mean to say it in a way that comes off hopefully not derogatory in any way, but I got to recognize that there are people who are worse off than me. I have to recognize that I am doing better than some and should find comfort in that in some way, should find better understanding of myself. And so, you know, it's a tough time out there right now. I mean, this whole social distancing is turning into social divide. There are so many people who believe that, you know, we should just stop and let those who are going to die, die. Well, you know, you hear that from people who aren't thinking about their family. They're thinking about somebody else's family. Uh, well, you know, people got to die anyway. So may as well happen. Now it's not happen. I mean, I, I, I've been hearing more and more people speak out like that. And it sounds ridiculous. If you turn that question right around and ask them, oh, so you don't care if your wife dies? You don't care if your child dies? You don't care if you. Die, I heard a guy the other day on on a, on a news station say, "Well, I got to go sometime. I may as well go right now with the COVID virus. No matter to me, really." Yeah, I say I call BS on that, big time BS on that. You do care whether or not you're here or not. He was saying that with a beer in his hand, standing on the beach, you know, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. But I think you catch him when he wakes up in the morning and and sees his child's smiling face and say, are you ready to die this in the next 25 minutes? That answer is going to be no. I think we've got to stop being so selfish and recognize that there are things that we can do to not just uplift ourselves, but we can try to uplift others. On the other side of this, we got to have a society that is... Empathetic, compassionate, cares for others, and cares enough to want to go back to building societies rather than tearing them down. Let's see another one. I love you. Let's see. Here's one um, from Terry Belk. I've been following you, following your life since the beginning of your show back in, she says, Back in the 80s, my show didn't start until uh, 1991. But okay, 91, 91. You were such an inspiration for medicating your MS with cannabis. We pray God continues to bless you, and your family beyond measure. And I have cannabis group page. I posted this link to. United States of Cannabis on Facebook. So thank you so much for posting to the page. I want everybody out there to know that I am really psyched about the opportunity to get back, uh, get back in the sense of giving you information about how you can navigate this cannabis space. And I try my best to bring you the most up-to-date information that I can possibly find. And I'm so psyched at the fact that you tune in and follow me the way you do. So. You know, I just wanted to share a couple thoughts with you today and, and give you some of the feedback that we've been getting, getting from people who have tuned in. And keep sharing, keep posting, keep hollering. And I'll do this from time to time just to come out and let you know that uh, I'm listening and listening very intently to what you have to say. You Take care. You've been listening to this edition of Let's Be Bottle Make sure you tune in to the next one. Take care yourself.